Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome, Welcome. to Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. And off Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He hit it with a guy in front of him and a guy behind him. He's got 62! A historic night on the Chase Center Hardwood. We welcome you in. Warriors wrap-up. John Dickinson and Ryan Covey with you. Warriors win tonight over the Blazers, 137-122. to A much-needed victory for the Dubs. But uh, Ryan Covey, we, we have witnessed Stephen Curry uh, personify greatness in so many different ways over the years. Tonight, another example of that. 62 points on 18 for 31, shooting a career high. And just for good measure, 31 in each half tonight. He set the tone early. He set the tone late. And it was just an incredible performance from one of the all-time greats in the history of this game. Yeah, what a fun game tonight. And you talk about closing it out. Steph Curry uh, had it all working tonight. And the thing that I love, J.D., especially by the time he hit the 50-point mark, uh, he was doing it with dribble-drive penetrations. He was so aggressive tonight, finishing at the cup, making the Blazers foul him. Uh, that was next-level Steph Curry. And that was, I think, the kind of Steph Curry, J.D., and, and obviously not to this level, but that's that's the kind of game that Steph Curry's going to have to bring this year, much more aggressive, handling the rock and attack attacking the cup, forcing teams to lay the wood on him, then kicking out to open shooters or just finishing with uh, with great aplomb the way he did tonight. I love the 31 and 31 in each half. Beautiful symmetry there, J.D., and uh, and what a night for, uh, for Steph Curry, man. Uh, oh, yeah, Steph's got something to prove. Dude, miss me with that forever. Only a handful of dudes in the NBA that could ever score 62 in a game. It's not even about that for me, and if you want to weigh in on that, you can at 888-957-9570, 888 we've, we've had that conversation a lot. For me, it's more about, look, the results of tonight are not going to be there. Uh, 62 points, obviously, that's a that's a career kind of a game, even for a player as accomplished as Steph Curry, but I think... The way that he played tonight, the aggressive nature, the getting to the free throw line a career high 19 times and knocking down 18 of them, looking to score the basketball early. If this team is going to be the best version of itself, it's going to take Steph Curry trying to be a dominant player night in, night out. He doesn't owe it to anybody, but if this team's going to be good, he's going to have to play with that type of veracity, audacity, whatever word you want to pick. <laughs> ferocity, J.D. Yeah, man, he had, he had it all work and plug the adjective in here uh, and, and what a performance. And let's face it, you know, this Portland team, they got out them pretty good on Friday night. And you could tell that the Warriors, you know, got back to the drawing board. And, and on a night where you look up the final scores, 137 to 122, and Steph scores a career-high 62, Dubs played some damn good defense tonight, too, at critical junctions of this basketball game, especially in the second quarter where they held the Blazers to 21 points. They were really good in the first half. And then to just hold off that charge in the second half, I thought the Warriors had some really nice defensive moments. And obviously, Draymond Green, this is a game, he only scores one point, uh, but outside of Steph Curry, you know, and, and maybe even a guy, you know, Wiseman I thought had a really good game, so did Pascal. But outside of Steph Curry, Draymond Green might have been the most important Golden State Warrior tonight. He was incredible. 
He he set a different tone tonight in terms of intensity. A plus twenty two, and the dude scores one point. I mean that that's the kind of Draymond Green nights that we're used to seeing over the course of of the Warriors' historically great period. You know, dating back to to the beginning of that two thousand fourteen fifteen season when they won the NBA championship. But you're right, a lot of a lot of game balls to go around. In addition to Curry's performance tonight, uh, you mentioned James Wiseman, first career double double for Wiseman, twelve points, eleven boards. 6 of 9 shooting, and Andrew Wiggins, he finished with 21 points, but 11 of the 21 were in the fourth quarter, and the Warriors had a 14-point lead. They had built the lead in the third quarter all the way up to 20. It had slipped to 14 end of the third, and going to the fourth, you know Steph Curry's going to be on the bench to begin the fourth quarter. Would the dubs allow Portland to really get back within striking distance by the time Curry was back on the floor? And and Wiggins had a couple of big buckets in that little stretch, anchoring the second unit, which helped Portland uh, hold them at bay. Uh, and then uh, Steph comes back in, and, and Wiggins hit a, another bucket or two after that. 11 of the 21 in the fourth quarter, some big hoops. Uh, and then Steph was able to come back. And, and by the end of the night, it was it felt like old times, really. Really, with the shot that we played off the top of the show and, and just Steph having fun and shimmying and uh, just, just showing a lot of emotion out there. Yeah, the, the Wiggins play in particular that you're talking about, it looked like Draymond had him on, on a cut before that, and Wiggins didn't go, and, and Draymond had to, like, pull up. I mean, he almost traveled. It was like Draymond was almost, you know, just going to put that pass out there, and, and thankfully Draymond held up because uh, it would have been a turnover. Instead, he isolates, you know, Wiggins out there on Carmelo Anthony, takes him to the lid, gets the hoop and the harm, missed the free throw, but it was just some intent from Andrew Wiggins. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about Wiggins and the free throw shooting. That definitely is going to need some work. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> There was there was some a level of aggression there in, in the fourth quarter, and it was like we saw in Chi Town, JD, and, and and definitely what we saw in Detroit. When Steph starts to get going, you can tell those other Warriors get going. The bench is getting charged up. Guys are having fun, uh, and and then it it just really reverberates through the rest of the team. Like you know, it's it's not an oversimplification to say as Steph Curry goes, this team goes. Not just in wins and losses, but emotion and and just the flows of this basketball game and. And when they're starting to feel themselves, that's when you get stops on defense. That's when you can get out in transition and make some things happen. Draymond on the defensive end, Steph on the offensive end, leading the charge. That's the recipe, man. 888-957-9570. We're going to hear from Steve Kerr. We will also hear from, of course, the man of the night, Steph Curry. Uh, we're planning on going to at least about 940 or 945 here on 95.7 The Game, but we'll keep it going as long as you want to join the party at 888-957-9570. Matt in San Jose gets us uh, tipped off tonight here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Matt, you're on 95.7 The Game. I appreciate you guys taking my call, man. Ryan, good to talk to you again. It's been so long. Um, on, baby. The, the, the whole thing that – first thing I want to say is this. Listen, let's not act like tonight was some solidification of Steph's legacy. The man is a two-time MVP. He's a three-time champion. He's been – his statistics speak for themselves. Okay, his legacy was already signed, sealed, and delivered. The man's going to the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. This was him – not only making a statement against all the haters that, you know, I mean, for some inexplicable reason have been out in full force lately, but they are, this is him saying, listen, I'm going to put this team on my back. You know, we don't have Clay, We don't have KD anymore. We don't have Marquise Chris. We, we've got some injuries. It's, it's, it's a rough situation, but we're going to carry this team. And we're not going to just beat up on the, the Chicago's and Detroit's of the world. We can beat good teams. We can compete with these guys. I'm with you, Matt, 100%, and, and thanks call. for the call. I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think Steph has anything to prove as far as his legacy goes. And sure, it may be a statement to those that, that have come out and, and want to see him try and take his game back to that elite level in an attempt to, to get wins for this Warriors team. I mean, whatever it was, like to me it's irrelevant. To me the most important thing is he's got to play with that kind of attitude if this team is going to win. Like, forget about the haters, forget about the noise, forget about NBA Twitter, forget haters. about old heads that used to play the game. Like, this isn't about any of that. This is about yeah. the Warriors hadn't proven to this point this season collectively that they could be competitive in a game against a good team. Well, Stephen Curry set the tone. He he he, And he put his imprint all over this bad boy and said, 
uh-uh, not true. We can, and I can dominate this league against a good team and against another good point guard, and, and he did it tonight. To me, it was more of a potential coming-out party for this 2020-21 version of the Warriors than anything Steph Curry has to prove about his legacy or of his career. That's all nonsense to me, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, JD, and and you know it gets referenced because obviously that that stupid ass narrative is out there. Um, but it, it's all about the the Warriors and and what they're going to be able to accomplish in 2020, 2021, uh, and and the 62 points tonight for Steph Curry. Um, that is a major step in the right direction, getting a win against a quality opposition, a Western Conference opposition, opposition that just tunes you up pretty good. And and how fitting, JD? I think what was it like the other day, just a couple of days ago, you and I were wrapping. In and we were talking about how Dame had the Chase Center high scoring mark, uh, you know, in, in the building's history. And I'm like, oh no, no, man, that needs to change. What was it 39? I'm like, oh no, Steph could pop off for 40 at a moment's notice. Uh, so he had that signed, sealed, and delivered in the third quarter tonight. And I just love, man, 21 in the first, 10 in the second. Third quarter goes for 14, and then when he checked back in in the fourth, just led him uh, all the way across the finish line. I mean, the Dubs, you know, Portland hung around in this game with their scoring and their shooting as you thought they would, and you and I were texting a little bit, and it was like, man, can they hold them off? Can they hold them off? Well, they showed they could close tonight, too, and that's that's a huge attribute for a team to have, and that's something that, you know, every group has to go through on their own, J.D., like this new iteration of the Golden State Warriors. They have to prove that they can be closers. They did it in Detroit against, you know, a, a less than opposition, now you did it against one of the big teams. So when they're in that situation again, you're holding on, that 12-point lead gets whittled down to 8 or 6. There's the belief that you can get that bucket uh, to, to counteract that run and, and, and ultimately close it out. So I thought that was also really important tonight. I mean, they scored 29 points in the final 7 minutes tonight, J.D. That's big time. Big time indeed. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, Radio.com Sports Station. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game, 888-957-9570. And that's where Andrea in Berkeley checks in. Andrea, you're on Warriors wrap-up. Hi, how you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Andrea. Yes, certainly was a happy one for staff. Um yeah, he's born March 14, 1988, and the sun is in Capricorn now, and it was right on his Mars in Capricorn. That's once a year, and Mars is a crucial planet for an athlete. It rules energy, assertion, and aggression, so very high energy. So that was really exciting to see. He's March 14, 1988 in Akron, Ohio, actually same birthplace uh, as LeBron, who's born at 1.51 p.m., so really, wow. the planet's good stuff, Andrea. I, Andrea, I know you always bring it. That's good info. That's good knowledge. Right. That's how <laughs> he got that last three, JD. You know what I mean? That's how he hit that eight three. It's yeah. science. Yeah, no. If he was born in Cincinnati, might have been different, but he was born in Akron, Ohio, so you know he ends up eight of sixteen. Hey, but I will say this: much love to Andrea. Obviously, she she's got her thing. She's got her uh, her niche. Um, but I'll, I'll say this: there was something kind of in the air tonight from the off for the Golden State Warriors. They they had some intent. Uh, it started on the defensive end for them. Well, really, it started on the offensive end, but it carried over into the defensive end, getting some stops. I thought that second quarter too was huge, JD. And when you look up at the first quarter, you know uh, what is it? CJ hit that. Th- Three and you know, so it cuts a six point lead down to three after one. You're thinking, oh man, all that hard work. You look up, you're only up three points. They didn't let that slow them down none tonight. They, heck, Dame even hit a shot at the end of the third quarter. And those late buckets can kind of be killers, especially for a team like this, JD, that's still trying to you know find their way. Uh, so they they you know faced a little adversity a few times tonight, and they had the answer every time. That's why I was really impressed, man. Well, you mentioned them finishing, and I actually, I'll I'll take it a step further. I I think that the key tonight for the Warriors was the fact that they actually never really let the game get to the point where it it was within two possessions and where you started to feel like maybe you're blowing a little bit of a lead, right? Because I think that the worst thing that they could have had was, hey, Dame and CJ are getting hot, Steph's doing his thing, they're going back and forth, but the 20-point lead's down to five, and there's still four or five minutes to go. How many times over the years have we seen the Warriors do that to a team that's learning how to win, uh, where they just kind of walk them down, and then they're able to out-execute them in those final couple of minutes? Tonight, it may not have mattered because Steph was so good, but the one thing I think this Warriors team really needed tonight 
they they needed to not have this turn into a night where they wound up having one of those bad games down the stretch and, and losing it because it could be the type of thing that, that sets your season off into a tailspin. Like they had yeah. to get this win tonight the way that they played to get to three and three. And we talked about how fragile it is, right? It, it the, the two and three didn't look good. Three blowouts against three good teams, two wins against maybe some lesser competition. But we talked about the fact that it can flip quick. And if you win tonight and the Warriors clearly played their best game of the season tonight in, in beating Portland by 15, and now you got Sacramento coming in tomorrow, and all of a sudden you get that one, not taking it for granted. But if you're 4-3, and three, and we're talking tomorrow night at Warriors wrap-up, that, that, that's a great sign for this basketball team. At that point, they're basically right on schedule, even though they've had a number of players that haven't played all that well to this point. Yeah, and maybe even dare I say a little bit ahead of schedule. And and after an zero and two start, you know, even to be three and three right now feels pretty good for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and there was that one period, JD. You know, you go back to the fourth quarter. Uh, Steph ends up hitting the three that you know to push it up to forty eight points for him and Warriors. Uh, they were up fifteen. They were up one eleven to ninety six. And remember, Dame hits from you know Piedmont. Steph comes back, misses a three, and then Dame comes back, hits another ridiculously long three, and the lead was down to nine. Nine with about six minutes left. That's when I, I got a little a little sketched out. But on the very next possession, Steph was real patient in the lane, I felt like, and, and had his shot, had his look, uh, but he had to wait to get his balance under him. And then he did. He hit that little leaner, and I thought that was huge right there. It was you know, kind of an innocuous little shot, but it, it stemmed the tide for the moment. And you know, it was like, you don't need to start throwing haymakers with Damian Lillard right now. If the shot's there, fine. You're Steph Curry. Go ahead and take it. Um, but just getting that little leaner to go right there, it just seemed like every time the Blazers would kind of creep up in it, boom, uh, the Warriors had that little answer, and I thought that was a big play as well, because it looked like Dane might be getting hot there for a second. Let's get to Magic. Magic in Dallas. Magic is up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Magic, how you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, fellas? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm out here. I'm from the Bay, but I've been living out here about four years, so I watched the game on the NBC Sports app through my parents, you know, um, uh, password, but... um, I just wanted to talk about Wiseman a little bit because he wasn't my my favorite guy coming out of the draft. Um, I was still skeptical on him just because he didn't, he didn't play any any games, and so he just didn't have enough tape. But he looks very promising, uh, especially on the defensive end. That's, I knew he could score a little bit. I'm surprised by how well he shoots the three, but he he's a presence in there on defense. I, I mean, there's times where he changes shots that we haven't had a center back there doing that um, – in this run at all like I mean Andrew Bogut was good at it but Wiseman seems to be better already and he's just so much younger there was this one play I remember where I think it was McCollum got down to the baseline and most of the time he's going to try and put that up it might have been Dane but Wiseman stepped up and was was standing straight up and he had to had to jump stop and pass the ball back out and it ended up in a missed shot um, and just some of those plays that he's making it seems super promising to me no yeah, no. Th- thanks for the call, Magic. Uh, I I thought tonight was Wiseman's best defensive game of the season. Oh, no no question, J.D. Keep those feet on the floor. Your standing reach. I mean, there was that one moment where, you know, he even got a piece of a shot with his feet flat on the ground. And, you know, that was a piece of an Enos Cantor shot, right? Not, not you know, Muggsy Bogue. So it uh, just goes to show that reach. Uh, and, and he's still rounding into form. And I don't think there's any doubt having Draymond out there with him helps him at both ends uh, defensively from a communication standpoint. But even offensively, because Wiseman could throw it down. And, you know, Draymond, there was that little run around handoff that Draymond uh, gave to him down in the lane where Weissman was able to stuff it down. I mean, those two just working in concert down on the block, they're only going to get more chemistry. I mean, you know, we're in the we're in the infancy of them two playing together, so um, you hope that Weissman gives Steve Kerr plenty of reasons to keep him out there with Steph and Draymond during critical moments. Tonight, far and away, his best game. 888-957-9570 888-957-9570 That is the phone number to participate in the program. It's Warriors Wrap-Up here with uh, John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Warriors get uh, win number three on the season, 137-122 to as the Dubs answer back 
after facing the Trailblazers and losing to them on Friday night inside Chase Center. They lose by 25. Tonight they win by 15, and it's a quick turnaround for the Dubs as they will take on the Sacramento Kings tomorrow night, uh, once again inside Chase Center. Uh, the Kings also now at 3-3 three and three after a 3-1 and one start, uh, so that'll be a couple of teams that uh, have uh, 500 records going at it tomorrow right here on 95.7 The Game. All right, coming up, uh, more of your phone calls. Again, at 888-957-9570, we will also hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, and the man of the night, Steph Curry, a career night for Steph as he goes for 62 points in the Warriors' victory over the Blazers, and you heard it all right here on 95.7 The Game. Curry pressured by Trent Jr. Curry steps in, leads in, one-hander, up and good! Just off balance, throws it up, it's good, he's got 50! Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with Ryan Covey and John Dickinson on 95.7 The Game. 50 on the way to 62, a career-high 62 for Stephen Curry. Tim Roy on the call there, 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap up on 95.7 the game. I think the most impressive part of the 62 was the fact that it really, it didn't feel like it was a three-point dependent 62 tonight. Now, now saying that, Steph did wind up making 8 of 16 from 3, but it's all the free throws. It's the way that he just attacked the rim tonight and and set a tone that, that I keep coming back to, Ryan. Yeah, and that's it was the previous times that Steph had scored 50 or more in his career, uh, the, the minimum was eight three-pointers in route to that. By the time he hit 50 tonight, he had only had six threes, and obviously he hit a couple of more down the stretch. So, you know, and then the career high in free throw attempts. That was hyper-aggressive Steph Curry tonight, uh, and, and that's going to be the recipe. He's adjusting to life without Clay Thompson, maybe a little less time on the perimeter. And, you know, the Warriors tonight collectively 66% on their twos tonight, J.D. As much as we all love a good three-pointer, I like it when teams put the ball on the floor and attack the lid. You get a little hoop in the harm action. You get some free throws. You get the other team in foul trouble, get them into the penalty. All good things come from being aggressive. Yeah, and the Warriors tonight, uh, better three-point defense as well. The Blazers knocked down 20 of 43 on Friday night. The Blazers shot 43 again tonight. Only knocked down 14. The Warriors outscored by three from three-point range. Warriors hit 13, so they knocked down six more than they did on Friday night. But uh, overall, uh, you look at, at that compare, you know, Friday night compared to tonight, and it winds up being a 38-point difference in the in the Warriors' favor compared to uh, where things were at Chase uh, on Friday. Let's get to Swish in Fairfield. Swish, you're up next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, how you doing, man? Love the show. Listen to it all the time, even at work, man. But, Appreciate uh, it. I just want to get, man, to Steph Curry, man. He uh, is on fire right now. But I, I was wondering, I want to ask you really more so a question. I noticed the other game when they lost, everyone was trying to find their shot and trying to get their rhythm and stuff like that. And Steph was kind of more in a passive mode, you know what I'm saying, trying to get everybody involved. But tonight, I was wondering, did it feel like – Everyone on the bench that saw Steph Curry score that 62 is buying in now and that maybe in the future they won't try to force their shot so much and let him get his shine on? I think that's a great, I think that's a great point, and it's a great question, and, and thanks for the call. I think it was just Steph took it to the opponent tonight and everybody else followed that lead. To me, it's on Steph to set that tone. Uh, at, at times... He just hasn't been aggressive enough. Like He is the Warriors' best player. We For all the talk about Oubre and Wiggins and what can Wiseman do and, and Draymond Green's coming back, this is the Steph Curry show, especially now. And, and I think the Warriors at times have just, they've I think, been too unselfish. I think Steph maybe has been a little too unselfish, and Oubre and Wiggins have taken shots that have been there. Because maybe Steph hasn't, or they've played the system more true to form, like the, the way that they have in the past, knowing that Steph eventually was going to get the ball back to him enough to to put the the imprint on the game that we're used to seeing. I thought tonight Steph went and got it, and and I'll just be perfectly. I I think. 
tonight is the template. Forget about the 62, but the way Steph went and attacked and would not be denied, and I'm going to score, and I'm going to get to the free throw line, everybody else can fall in line. Kelly Oubre had 17 tonight, by the way. He had his best game when Steph had his best game. Yeah, that's that's the trickle-down effect, no question. And, it, you know, it's not about Steph waiting around for other guys to get up to his level. It's he'll set the tone, and then other guys slide into their more natural spots. Early on, you know, in the in the first couple games of the year, you can understand why Steph's trying to get these guys involved. It's a, a bunch of new faces all playing together. You want to see who's going, uh, you know, who, who's got their game on early in the year. And, you know, Steph was still rounding into form and, and getting back up to game speed himself. But, you know, now we're six games in. Steph's feeling pretty damn good. That was readily apparent tonight and uh, when Steph starts to go well teams have to pay him even more attention and then other guys things start to come a little easier for him yeah Draymond that equation makes exponentially easier for everybody uh, to get going on both ends as well so yeah it's a the classic trickle-down effect JD but it starts with Steph it will always start with Steph especially this season West Oakland Mo is up next here on 95.7 the game what's up Mo you're on uh, Warriors wrap-up my guys, my guys, how you guys doing? Look, man, uh, if you hear any crazy noise, I'm live in the TLs. But it was good seeing that the team um, um, operated in the way they did. I honestly don't care that Steph kind of gave up, I would kind of quote on say, three games to kind of get his guys going because it's paying off. You can kind of see the inside-outside game that they're starting to develop. And the more they get more banging on the inside, it's really going to open up for Steph, and it's really going to open up for the rest of the guys. I love the way Draymond Green came in, set the tone on the defense. Uh, even Wiggins had a couple of blocks. Man, these guys were playing hard. Hopefully they can keep going. They made the Portland Trail Blazers look like the Rose City Spelters. They're soft in the middle, boys. It was a good game. Y'all, peace out. Thanks, Mo. Pre- appreciate the call. Some, some good thoughts there. Seven blocks. For the Warriors tonight in this one. Two from Wiggins, two from Wiseman. Ubre had one. Uh I Juan Toscano Anderson had one and, and Draymond had one as well. Yeah, seven blocks, and, and you could tell, too. I mean, because think about it, J.D. Portland tonight, they were only going to go as far as Lillam and McCollum were going to be able to take them. But good news, when you add up Lillam and McCollum's points, you still don't reach what Steph had tonight. So, obviously, he was able to offset that. And then I, I know a guy like Enos Cantor came in and, and you know, really w- was pretty aggressive offensively, ends up 8-12, to also got to the line quite a bit. But he is a liability defensively. And I thought, you know, Pascal came in. I thought Steve Kerr did a really nice job sensing that when he brought Pascal in uh, to bring some offense so okay cool you want Cantor to get his and we know he can be an active offensive rebounder he's also a liability defensively against a guy like Pascal uh, so they were able to counteract that as well I thought Steve Kerr had his rotation really nice tonight um, and, and the Warriors were just in attack mode all night uh, and, and it again you know it starts with Steph being attack mode I like that most call man on the inside out game um, because you will collapse on drivers it's it's human nature and then that leads to open kickouts for three which you know if you're knocking down your open shot uh, you're probably going to have a pretty good game. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the rotation because I'm, I'm with you, and I, I think I think we saw tonight what the rotation should be for the foreseeable future, and we've, we've seen Kent Bazemore get back into the rotation. Jordan Poole didn't play at all tonight. Michael Mulder came in at the end of the first quarter, I believe, for just one – it was one possession – and now with Draymond back and playing 27 minutes, we saw a little bit less of, of Juan Toscano-Anderson tonight. But the, the lineup at the at the start of the second and fourth quarters now, Pascal at the five with Wiggins. You've got Damian Lee and Kent Bazemore, and also Brad Wanamaker, who obviously is the backup point guard, has to be out there. I, I like the balance of Wiggins is the headliner, Pascal the small ball five, where he can kind of go to work at that spot. But did you have the shooting instability of Lee, and you have the energy and shooting of Bazemore. In theory, Wanamaker's going to make more shots than he has to this point. I think that's the that's the five. And then the way he's been rotating it with the starters, obviously it's a little bit different with Draymond's minutes right now as he, he works him back into condition. But I, I think that the way we saw it tonight is the way he probably needs to leave it for the foreseeable future. 
Yeah, no question. And, and maybe at some point, Weissman, you know, merits more than 22 minutes. Probably not much more than that, J.D., but I, I think you're absolutely right. And for Weissman, it's about when he's on the floor and when Kirk can trust him. Um, you know, Kavon Looney, this is probably about his ceiling of minutes. And I actually thought Looney um, had a pretty good game tonight, particularly defensively. Um, I thought he was pretty active as well. And they're going to need his rebounding too, J.D. I mean, this team at times is going to struggle to rebound the basketball. Uh, and losing Marquise Chris only compounds that. So it's going to have to be an all-hands on deck type of thing and obviously love Weissman uh, getting the 11 boards tonight um, but yeah I mean Kerr's still figuring it out and, and I love Bazemore too I mean he just brings a really nice energy to this team he's a pretty good defender he can hit an open shot he can hit a three um, so I, I think we'll probably see more Kent Bazemore and I think you know Kerr wanted to empower the youngsters first and that's what I said at the time I'm like look he knows that he can rely on Bazemore so he still has that card to play what you don't want is Bazemore to maybe come out and struggle early and then it's like okay well now Jordan Poole is my is my ace up my sleeve no no you, you let the youngster try it first if he can't if he isn't up to the task or you need a different look then you've got another card to play with Kent Bazemore I thought Kerr handled that well and and then tonight Bazemore playing 20 minutes uh, validates the selection let's go to Priest in Palo Alto Priest you're up next here on Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 the game hey Priest hi uh, thanks for taking my call listen up you know, I know that this team is still coming together. It's gelling. And this the pendulum is going to swing the other way now. And everybody's going to react to every game and overreact to everything. Listen, the team is just getting started. They're just getting introduced to each other. So this kid, I, I, I love what I, the makeup of this team. To be honest with you, I like Wiggins. I like Oubre. I like these guys. They just need to get comfortable. There's a kid that no one's talking about that I can't wait to see, Nico Mannion. I think this kid should have been picked in the first 15 players of the draft. I'm telling you, he is Watermaker's okay. Nico Mannion can flat-out play. So it's just a matter of this year. Let's let this team develop over the course of the year to see where we end up. I'm playing the long game. Ten months from now, the season will start again. That's the team I really want to see. After James Wiseman has developed and a lot of this young talent has developed, that's where I'm hit. Because I'm, I'm not going to fool myself thinking this is some championship team. I'm going to enjoy every single minute of every single game but I'm playing the long game. Thanks, Priest. Appreciate the call. I don't think anybody thinks this is a championship team. The, the question for me is, can they push and, and, and get better to where they could be a slightly over 500 team? And tonight, let's be honest, was the first sign that we've seen that they can trend down that path if they can continue to build off what they were able to accomplish in this one. Yeah, it's progress, man. It's about progress. Now, if you're taking the long-term view, absolutely. The future does look bright. I, I love this. I, I agree with Priest. I want to see what this team looks like 10 months from now when you're getting ready to start next season when you're getting Clay back and you've got Minnesota's pick and your own pick and we'll see how this year of development goes, who they keep, who's part of the solution going forward. Absolutely. But this year still has to be a year of development. And just because you're not a championship caliber team doesn't mean there still isn't plenty of intrigue or a reason to watch this basketball team. If that was the case, people would have given up on Warriors basketball 50 freaking years ago. So uh, <laughs> with that in mind, you know, it, take this year for what it is and, and hope that you can drive as many positives as possible, as much player development as possible. And, oh, yeah, along the way, enjoy that Stephen Curry guy because he's pretty special. Absolutely. And he was special tonight. A career-high 62 points as the Warriors beat the Blazers 137 to 122. 888 if you want to continue on the phone line. So we still do have some time for a few more calls here. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey. Warriors wrap up on 95.7 the game. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach, though, of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, following this one. And it was uh, Steph's night, and the head coach spoke about Steph's monster game. Well, it was just a, a brilliant performance, and you know we've uh, we've seen Steph do so many things here over the years, so many amazing nights at, at Oracle, and and now here at Chase, and it's just a privilege to coach him. It really is, you know, and, and not just because of his talent, but 
just because of the way he carries himself, the way he leads. And we are incredibly blessed as an organization to have Steph leading the way. And what a performance tonight. Incredible, and I, I enjoyed the end of the game because the end of the game, I'll be honest, when he hit he hit a couple of threes and the one that put him over the top at 62 before Kerr subbed him out of the game, uh, it, it felt like old times. It felt like... It felt like the wreck the game version of Steph Curry that, that we all had grown to love uh, around here in the Bay Area and Warriors fans adore so much. And it was really the first time that we had seen that joy from him in, I mean, at least 18 months. It probably would have been longer than 18 months, though, to be perfectly honest, because the way that 18-19 season ended, it, it felt, even though that team was championship caliber, much more like a slog than a team full of joy at that point. So I couldn't even remember yeah. the last time that there was just that that joyous, uh, childlike exuberance uh, emanating from from Steph Curry. It, it had been a long time, and it was it was nice to see. Yeah, and certainly not since they've been at the Chase Center, right? And and they really need to <laughs> to define this building and and give it a true home court advantage. You only wish, you know, it could have been chock full of you know twenty thousand screaming Warriors fans, but you could see it in the first half, JD. You know when he was rolling, and and remember, you know, he got fouled on that drive, and he's you know down on the floor, and he's pounding his hand on the on the on the ground, you know, on the on the court, just kind of getting fired up, and you can tell he's he's enjoying himself and and really getting in the flow of the game, like that kind of exuberance, because that'll permeate through the whole squad. And and you know, it's funny, you know, my wife and I are sitting there watching the game, and and you know, he's talking at the half, and he's talking after the game, and she just looks at me, and she's like, he just seems like the best guy and I'm like yeah babe he's pretty special you know my wife's lived in the bay about a year and a half so you know she's sure. still getting up to speed with Steph Curry but you know it's just it's nice when you have those like pointy moments of like whenever you know somebody who's not a hardcore sports fan like you or I just says you know he just seems like the nicest guy it's like babe you know what you're right he is you know the moment where you just kind of appreciate it on that on that next level right that human nature level because Steph also happens to check that box Absolutely, he does, and and yeah, that that is that that has been one of the one of the fascinating uh, aspects of of his game and the the job that we get to do, and, and and when we're out in the real world with family or or friends and and the like, and 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 from time to time you do get that uh, if a game's on or you're talking about the game, and it, it is always fun. A lot a lot of the moms and a lot of the grandmas and and a lot of the the, the aunts and uncles like Steph for a lot of different for a lot of different reasons that aren't just the ability. To put up 62 uh, on a given night. Uh, let's hear. Let's hear another one from St- uh, from Steve Kerr here. Uh, Post game sound on 95.7. The game uh, Warriors wrap up with JD and Covey. Uh, one of the the undertones of the night was this this narrative surrounding the fact that that the haters were coming for Steph. And here, here's Steve Kerr addressing why he thinks Steph gets criticized. If you think about most of the guys who are considered the best players in the league. They're physical freaks of nature. You know, LeBron, Giannis, Anthony Davis, whoever you want to throw in that group. You know, Steph is 6'3", 180 pounds, whatever whatever he is. And so he has to carry a game with skill. He can't carry a game with physicality and athleticism. So that would be the only... The only thing I could think of that would make people criticize him, it's it's much harder to carry a team single-handedly, you know, by making 35-footers all day. Same thing with Damian and, and CJ. You know, those guys are incredible shot makers. But if you're not 6'8 and 250, you can't really dominate a game in other ways. So that's probably my best guess as to the, the criticism. So why do you think it is? Yeah, I think there's definitely some of that for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that's been a prevalent narrative. And then you culminate that with, you know, Steph's career arc. And, you know, when once Kevin Durant came, all credit was thrown KD's way. So it's easy to, to take something off of those last couple titles they won. And then even that second, you know, that second year under Kerr, they get 73 wins, but then they blow the three to one lead. So, you know, there's. There's just so many different subplots and subtext to the Steph Curry conversation. At some point, you just have to cut through all that BS and say, this dude is a, an exciting player. He's he's a generationally great talent. He's clearly revolutionized the game with the way he plays. And how about just a modicum of appreciation for a guy that can get what he can get out of that frame in a professional basketball game uh, at, at the level that he does and do the kinds of things that he can do. Like To me, it, it's like watching a, you know, a, a brilliant guitar 
guitar player or something, just guys that are on a whole nother level. So, you know, here in the Bay Area, we have the appropriate amount of appreciation and understanding for Steph Curry. If they want to poke holes nationally because he's not, you know, he, he doesn't have Anthony Davis's build, then you just, I guess you don't understand the game the right way. And, I'm, you know, quite frankly, I'm happy to disappoint you. A couple of notes here from Steph Curry's performance uh, from Elias, and and we obviously also appreciate Raymond Ritter uh, for passing these along as well. Uh, Steph, the uh, one of two, pl- uh, the the most recent player to go for thirty in both halves, Kobe Bryant. Uh, so Steph now shares that with Kobe. Kobe, December twentieth, two thousand five, had a thirty-two point. First half, a 30-point second half, and going for 62, ironically. Uh, Steph, 31 in each half. I know that was one of your favorite stats that you passed along to me as we were rapping before we got on to start the show here tonight. And Mark Spears, uh, via the ESPN Stats and Info vault, he shares this note. Steph now at 32 is the second oldest player in NBA history with a 60-point game behind... Only Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, obviously the last game that he ever played in April of 2016, 37 years, 234 days for Kobe on that night in April. Uh, And Steph now the second oldest, 32, 295 days. The only other, uh, or the next on the list rather, is Wilt Chamberlain, uh, (laughs) who did it at, at 32 and 172 days back in February of 1969. So Kobe, Steph, Wilt. Oldest players in uh, NBA history with sixty-point games. That's uh, that. That's a that's an incredible group to think you're you're a part of. Yeah, that's that's quite the trio right there. Absolutely. And I, I, another one from uh, from Stats and Info, kind of fun, because in the game where Kobe went for 62, he scored 30 in one of those halves. So Curry's the first player to score more than 30, because obviously he went for 31 in each half, scored 30, more than 30 in each half since Pistol Pete back in February 25th, 1977, uh, before I was even born, J.D. Amazing. So it had been that long. I know, right? Shout out. So now we're now we're rolling a little Pistol Pete out there as well. Uh, sports Spoiler alert, Steph's in some pretty rarefied air, J.D. 888 Let's go ahead and hear from Kelly Oubre uh, real quick here. Uh, Oubre, I think his best game with the Warriors tonight, 17 points, 7-13. He only made the 1-3, 1-5, but he, he made an impact in, in other ways. And Kelly Oubre, uh, he addressed uh, Steph Curry's ability to help everybody else on the basketball court. We're just finding our groove slowly but surely. So as you can see, yeah, Steph found his groove to the max. And then, you know, me and Wiggs kind of just sprinkled in slowly after that. But James, he's still finding his groove, his footing, you know, in this league. And I know I've been able to be in this league for like six years. So I understand that I got to keep pushing. Wiggs understands that he has to keep pushing and just finding uh, find his groove. And, you know, it's just it's one thing that we have to all bring to the table in order to be a great team and reach our full potential. So I'm understanding that we all have to play and step up. So trying to trying to figure it out is Kelly Oubre. And I think, you know, look, their 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 games can can complement each other very well. And maybe maybe we thought I'll admit, at least from my point of view, I'll let you speak for yourself to to, to the level you want uh, to address it. But I, I thought I maybe took for granted that that the chemistry and, and some of the cohesion would come a little bit quicker than it has to this point. Uh, and and it I don't know it looked like maybe the Warriors turned a little bit of a corner uh, in respect to some of that tonight. Yeah, I, I mean I I figured there'd be some good moments and, and some not so great moments, especially when you're going up against teams that have plenty of continuity. Um, and, and I know there's been some turnover uh, in, in Portland as well, but you know, when you're starting with, with Dame and CJ and that backcourt and, you know, they're handling the ball so much, um, that's a pretty good place to start. And then, you know, Melo's been around forever. They've been playing with Nurkic for a while now as well. So uh, there's definitely some continuity on that squad, especially from the guys that do the lion's share of the scoring. Um, so, you know, it, it, there will be moments where the Warriors are still kind of ironing it out in that respect and and I think 
not having Draymond out there, you know, until the game Friday night definitely is part of it because he's so important to Steve Kerr's offense and what they want to do, obviously on both ends of the floor. Um, so, you know, adding him into the equation with the rookie and James Weissman and, you know, Uber and Weiss, like none of these guys had ever played together. So, you know, yeah, because in, individually these are some really talented players and, and have done some pretty cool things, um, you know, you, you would expect on nights, hey, it'll just be clicking and, and they'll be rolling, and but there will be some bumps in the road as well. And, hey, look, they're going to take some more steps back too. I mean, you know, we, we live in the moment here, uh, you know, on, on the Warriors pre- and post-game show, J.D., because that's our job and we're supposed to react to the game. But by and large, this is still going to be a, an up-and-down journey. And, you know, they'll have games where they don't look so hot and they'll regress. And, and we'll address it, and they'll address it in practice and with, and with Coach Kerr. Um, but on a night like tonight, this is the recipe. I mean, you nailed it at the top, partner. Maybe not Steph going 62, but Steph leading the way from an aggression standpoint, from a scoring standpoint, and then everybody else just kind of falling in line. This is absolutely the recipe. So at least for, for tonight, absolutely from a continuity standpoint, a cohesion standpoint, a step in the right direction. And this team now 3-3, three and three, and the seven-game homestand continues, and it's going to be a, a quick turnaround tomorrow. Sacramento in here, and then the Clippers for two, and then Toronto and, and Indiana uh, as well on the back end of this thing. And, and we're just we're continuing to learn more and more about this basketball team, the way they have to operate, what their ceiling is, what, what some of the, the ups and downs are going to be. Uh, I think we've already been pleasantly surprised by, by certain aspects of this team. I think, uh, as we were just talking about, there's a few other things that we thought maybe would gel a little bit quicker. But, but tonight Tonight was uh, uh, tonight was so many things, but uh, when you step away from the historic Steph Curry performance, the Warriors did check a major box tonight because the reality has been the fact that this team look this team hadn't shown that they can be competitive against a good team to this point this season. And tonight they not only did it, but they showed that they could they could jump out and, and build a, a 20-point lead on them and, and hold them off down the stretch and prevent it from being a close game. Yeah, they won every quarter tonight, J.D. I mean, it was, you know, it was incremental in the second half, certainly. Um, but Portland's got a lot of firepower. I mean, I, I think we all can see that pretty clearly. Uh, and so, you know, you go down the list, you know, the Warriors, they had the big push in the second quarter to get the halftime lead. They had something to protect as well. And, you know, we really hadn't seen that. I mean, even in the Chicago game, they had to rally from behind in that game. In the Detroit game, they were down. I know by the time, you know, the, the final couple of minutes rolled around, the Warriors had the lead then. Um, but ultimately, this was the first time we'd seen them get out, build a lead up to 20 points, as you mentioned, and then hold off a team. And by the way, a team with more than enough firepower of turning that thing around, especially if you have one of those prolonged, chilly spells, you know, when the Warriors aren't hitting their shots. And and that's where, you know... You, I, I think the Warriors tonight showed me a little something, and, and again, it was Steph leading the way. Not an over-reliance shooting the three-pointer. Like, two will do, man. And and especially when you're just trying to just keep putting up buckets, keep putting some distance between you and the opposition, work that shot clock a little bit, get a good look, uh, and, and just kind of maintain your poise, right? It, because I even felt like early in the game, uh, Oubre, there was still a reluctance to shoot, but as the game wore on, he started to get his confidence. Uh, Wiggins seemed like he wanted to have the rock in his hand in the fourth quarter to kind of be that closer. Uh, Weissman's getting more and more comfortable uh, you know, around the basket and with his scoring. So this was the first time they actually had something to protect JD and against a team that's capable of coming back and, and taking it from you. I thought they did a nice job holding them off. They really did. Let's go ahead and keep it moving as far as the sound goes. James Wiseman, nice game for him. Six of nine, mentioned it. First double-double of the young fella's career. 12 points, 11 rebounds. He continues to grow here. Uh, but this was a first for him in terms of being on the floor when Steph is going off. And uh, this is what James Wiseman, the rookie, said about uh, playing with Steph when Steph is doing those things. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, it reminds me of 2K because I used to play with Steph all the time and I used to drop like 60. So just like actually watching it personally, that was that was phenomenal. And uh, he's a legend. So just watching that personally was great. Got to be pretty incredible, right? You're James Wiseman. You're the number two pick of the draft. Been a highly touted kid for a long time. Going to have a bright NBA future. And, and you're you're watching Steph go for 62 when, uh, what, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, you're, you're dropping that on 2K with him. That's pretty cool. Uh, 
Uh, absolutely. And, you know, Steph's at that age now, and we see this in sports all the time, right, where guys coming up, the rook, uh, will be out there playing with the, with the quote, old head. Oh, I rooted for this guy. I played with him on video games growing up. I mean, Steph's now in that category where, you know, even like the Trey Youngs of the world, guys coming into the game, they talk about the impact that Steph Curry uh, has had on them, right? And, I mean, you know, Chase Weissman's 19 years old. So, you know, the Warriors are winning titles, you know, when, when Weissman's hitting puberty, right? So it, it's, it's pretty plain to see. And, yeah, it's got to be surreal for him. And that's why, you know, everything from the outset, J.D., when the Warriors had this number two pick and, you know, especially when Minnesota had the number one pick, knowing that they've got Towns, it seemed like, if I could quote Andrea, the stars were aligning, thank you, uh, and and the Warriors were going to be able to draft James Weissman. And he seemed like the perfect fit. He seemed like he wanted to be a Warrior. I mean, we were talking about that months ago, right, because it just seemed like everything was lining up for Weissman to be a dub. Dubs knew it. Weissman knew it. And now here he is. Uh, you know, it, it's they almost all willed it into existence. And look, if you're James Weissman, did you want to go to the Timberwolves? Did you want to go to the Hornets? Did you want to go to the Bulls? Or did you want to come to the Warriors? I mean, you know, for the a team of the Warriors caliber to have the number two overall pick for the reasons that we all know, pretty crazy. And and you know Wiseman uh, understood his fortune. Usually a top pick's going to a crappy team. I know the Warriors won 15 games last year, but plenty of reasons to believe this isn't going to be a crappy team for long. Absolutely. And another first for Wiseman tonight, playing with a, a fully locked in and locked and loaded Draymond Green. We, we've talked about what that tandem can do as far as the defensive side of the ball. And uh, he, Wiseman, uh, he discussed that as well uh, after this one. I mean, it aids a lot because he gave me different points on where to be on the floor. But also just like on the offensive end, like the only thing I had to do is just run the floor and just be big and just be in a dunker spot and just move around and be very active. And Draymond's seen me every time because he's a great passer. So just having that type of guy on the floor really aids really the whole team because he just has such a great defensive prowess that it just increases everybody's um, ability to just play defense and just focus. So. Draymond bit. makes everybody better. This was a, this was this felt like Dray. Like I'll be honest, I was a little worried about Draymond after Friday. I, I was like, boy, I don't. It's not there. I know it's going to come. I hope it comes quickly. And tonight, tonight it came. Tonight, Draymond looked like Draymond out there on the floor. It was it was the quintessential. Draymond had a huge impact on the game, even though he scored one point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the highest plus minus on the floor. This is a classic Draymond Green game. Draymond doesn't need to score a bunch of points. If you ever get 10 points from Draymond, you consider it a bonus. He's going to have his fingerprints on the game, moving the basketball, uh, just directing traffic, particularly on the defensive end, but obviously offensively uh, and in transition, the way that he can move the ball. And and I just love that Weissman's basically validating everything that we saw with our eyes and, and everything that we thought we would see when him and Draymond got out there. It's only going to make his job easier. I mean, he just straight up said it, J.D., what well, you've been talking about, I just got to go to the dunker spot. I just got to go out there and be big. And, and you know Draymond, if nothing else, he's going to talk, right? Remember him and Dame had that little exchange tonight uh, when Draymond was going to the bench? I mean, you know, that's, that's just classic Draymond chirping it up. Up, but giving the team a little bit of energy, giving them a little bit of edge. Uh, but the, the the biggest benefactor probably would be a guy like Steph Curry for the obvious reasons having Draymond out there. But from a development standpoint, I mean, for James Weissman to be playing alongside a Draymond Green um, it, for his growth and development, I just don't even think you can overstate it. And, yeah, it would have been nice to have him out there a little bit earlier, sure. But we don't know how COVID affected him. Uh, clearly the Warriors thought it was in his best interest to bring him along a little slowly. But here you are, you're sitting there at 3-3. Three and three. You got a chance to get over 500 tomorrow. Uh, and, and right now it's hard to argue with the result. Clearly this was the right course of action. And, and Weissman only is going to stand to benefit from this even more. And he seems like such a sharp kid, right, J.D.? Like they almost seem like they'll be two peas in a pod in that front court, man. Yeah. Quick study. He seems like he's he's intelligent, and I know Draymond has said this. He's a sponge. He 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 just absorbs everything and asks questions and and wants to get better. And you know, look, if you're going to work with Draymond, you got to be able to you got to be able to handle the heat. And and, and it seems like <laughs> Wiseman has the ability to handle the heat. I mean, you know, sometimes it's it's just different styles for different people. I mean, there there are some people that that would cower. Uh, if Draymond is is you know demonstratively telling you where you need to be or how you need to play, and it just seems like he has a temperament to where he can deal with it and understand that it comes from a good place, can understand that Draymond's an all-time freaking great, and and that that he wants to to, to rise 
and, and, and put his game on, on that kind of a level. So uh, I, it feels like they are a, a good blend in that respect because not every 19-year-old kid would be able to come into the NBA with big-time expectations and, and deal with that aspect of things, let alone get out there and, and, and throw up a double-double. Yeah, well, and, and I think, you know, it speaks to Wiseman's maturity, you know, whatever you want to classify. It seems like he's an old soul, if you will, right? And if he was playing with Steph on 2K, as, you know, with the dubs, that means he was playing with Draymond as well. So I'm sure there's an amount of reverence from Wiseman for Draymond Green, right? And and, and then what did we hear? Draymond, he, he's not one to, to throw out platitudes across the board for guys that, you know, have a couple of games of NBA experience. But, you know, even when, when Wiseman looked apart, you know, a couple of games in, he's on the post game, you know, not even playing, going, I told you. I told you this kid was going to be good. So, you know, it, it, look, I, I get it. You don't need to be Red Auerbach to figure out that James Weissman's a, a pretty special NBA talent. But for Draymond to already, you know, be be going public like that, speaking on his acumen, means that I think they've they found a nice uh, a nice balance together. And, you know, if Weissman wants to be that sponge, Draymond's looking for somebody to wrench out all that knowledge onto. And for Weissman to be that sponge, all the better. Like, I, I like the fact that he's 19 years old and he's got all the, the you know, the physical attributes and the athleticism, J.D., but he also knows he has so much to learn, and I love that he's hungry for that knowledge because that means to me, whatever you think his ceiling is right now, he could smash through that. I really do feel like sky's the limit for this guy. And, and already, I mean, if, you just, if you're just running through, hey, stock up on this guy, how, how you feeling about this guy, that guy, I mean, Wiseman is one of the few guys that you're feeling really good about right now or feeling like, wow, this you know, is something better than expected or not quite what you would have expected at this point. I think Wiseman clearly, for me, falls in the category of, hey, this kid is already better, more polished. I mean, the, I'm already seeing uh, a lot of what we're going to want to see more of from him just in these, in these first six games. Oh, no question. And I mean, even from the, uh, you know, first time he stepped out on the floor with no preseason, three college games, 19 years old. Like, are you kidding me? And even in the in the games where the Warriors got smashed, he had some really nice moments. Uh, and, and clearly, I mean, look, the Detroit game, they don't win that game without his contributions down the stretch. I don't think that's a, a stretch to say in any way, shape or form tonight. They needed him down in the down on the block. And, um, you know, obviously he, he's going to be a huge part of things going on the rest of the way. So I think if we're talking about guys you know exceeding the mark for sure and and I'll, I'll just preface that by saying I had high expectations for him because you know I knew you know what his makeup was and what his skill set was so for him to already be you know ahead of the curve like that it, it, it I mean it's obviously a huge positive for this team and and it helps to to compensate JD for some guys maybe that haven't quite been where you'd hope they would be at this point um but even again a guy like Ubre tonight I mean let's talk about Ubre for a second had to be his best game as a Golden State word tonight right Absolutely. No, I, I think there's no doubt it was. And it was even in the midst of him still not knocking down three pointers. I mean, he did hit one, that corner three. He got rewarded. He'd been doing other things. It felt like, all right, finally, uh, it's going to fall for him. And it did. But yeah, seven to 13. And, and look, he on a lot of nights makes other things happen. Had a block, a couple of steals. His imprint was, was felt, I thought, defensively. So I, I think it was a, a real good game for, for Kelly Oubre. I mean, you, you just run through it. I mean, yeah, Steph goes for 62, but Wiggins made an impact. Ubre was pretty good. We've already talked about Draymond. Uh, you know, you look at Wiseman with the double-double, and then we, we've leveled out the, the bench unit and how we thought this was as, as cohesive as maybe the, the second and fourth quarter units had played at any point. So it, it you add it all up, and this is in, in so many different ways the Warriors' uh, best uh, possible uh, game that they that they've played to this point through through six, and they'll get a chance to build yeah. on it immediately uh, tomorrow. Final final couple of thoughts here. Yeah, and and I think what what it speaks to as well, JD, was the dominance down in the paint tonight. They had the edge in rebounding, fifty three to forty. Um, you know, offensive rebounds were basically a wash. Blazers twelve to eleven. So you get the you get the advantage down on the block. They also ended up blocking seven shots, so they had the advantage there. And then points in the paint, sixty to forty. So really, every every metric that you could use to distinguish how good they were down in the paint tonight all speaks to the Warriors, and it speaks to their aggression. Right? They weren't just living out on the arc. They brought it to the Blazers tonight kind of the way the Blazers brought it to the dubs on Friday night they were able to to flip the script tonight and, and turn the tables and you know I've been calling for a, a type of game like this at the Chase Center you've been calling for it against you know a a, a you know a, a solid to upper tier NBA team check 
Check. Steph Curry leading the way. Check. Uh, so it was a lot of boxes got checked tonight. Yeah, a lot of boxes got checked tonight, and now this Warriors team is is on track at three and three with an opportunity to get to over five hundred for the first time on this young season, and they'll do that tomorrow against Sacramento. Great show tonight, Covey. Uh, we're back at it tomorrow, five thirty, a little bit earlier, seven o'clock tip tomorrow. So five thirty for Warriors Live tomorrow here, and we're going to be finally joined by Jim Barnett, a little, little uh, trio. Uh, for you tomorrow at 5.30, lead you up to the Warriors and the Kings and the Dubs trying to win their second consecutive game. Great stuff, buddy. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good, J.D. Let's do it, baby. All right. For Ryan Covey, I'm John Dickinson. Thanks uh, to Sterling. Thanks to Ryan Mauser. Uh, thanks to Sam as well. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, as I mentioned, 5.30 right here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors uh, get the win tonight, 137-122 to on a historic evening from Stephen Curry as he goes for a career-high 62 points. Unbelievable night, and you heard it all right here on 95.7 The Game. Fox Sports Radio is next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.